what we're going to do is look at a, a, a pair of stories, <coughs> two versions of a story by Adam Harishon, uh, which many people might be familiar with. Um, first, we're going to look at um, a sort of a, a very um, short version of the story, then a slightly longer version of the story, um, and then we're going to um, be looking at the story in relation to Hanukkah. But first, we're just going to be looking at the story in and of itself, and then we'll bring Hanukkah into it. So I'm going to hand these around, um, and the side of the page that's coming on top is the first side of the page. So keep it the way it is. It's two-sided. It's two-sided, but the, right, it should say, it oh, should have capital oh. letters. It should have a sentence in capital letters at the top of the page. That, that means you're on the right side of things. Just one page. Just one page. It's just coming around in four different directions. Okay, so um, this this story, thanks, is about um, Adam Harishon, the first human being. Um, it comes in the context. Uh, it, See on the first side of the page, there's uh, two versions: one in the Yushami, one in the Bavli. Um, and if there's anything that I say that you need more explanation for, please interrupt me. Don't expect me to notice that you don't know what I'm talking about. Just like interrupt. Um, so both of these stories come uh, in relation to a Mishnah in Avodah Zarah about um, the festivals of the idolaters. So you see that just a snippet of the Mishnah at the top of the page: the Eloi Dehenshel of Dekochavim Kalanda Fisataruna. I'm sorry, back. Uh, these are the, the festivals of the idolaters, Kalan, Saturnalia, on and on and on. Um, it, it continues with the whole list, but we're just going to be focused on uh, the first two of these holidays. Do you not, does everybody have a sheet? Okay. There's, there's more seats up here if you want to sit up here. Um, okay, so um, the story that we're going to look at is a story about how Kalans came to be, how this pagan holiday came to be. Mm. So um, I'll, I'll read from the, uh, the original and I'll, I'll translate as I go, but you can, you can follow along in the English if you prefer. Um, so this is from the Ushalmi Ravamar Kalends, or Kalendas, Adam Harishon Hitkino, the first human being established <coughs> the holiday of Kalends. Kevin de Chamalil Ya'arif, when Adam Harishon saw that the nights were getting longer, Amar Orli Shema Shekatubo Hmm. So when Adam Harishon saw that the days were getting, that the nights were getting longer, so according to this, a story Adam Harishon, right? There's a, a dispute amongst the sages as to when creation happened, right? This is correlating with the idea that creation happened uh, in the fall, let's say Rosh Hashanah, right? So Adam is created uh, in the fall, and he sees that the nights are getting longer and longer and longer. So he says, Woe to me! Perhaps the one about whom it is written, Hu Yishuv he will wound your, heel, your head. Um, and you, uh, Rabbi, he will, he will, okay, right, he will, he will wound you with his head, and you will wound him with your heel, right? Perhaps that one about whom that is said is coming to bite me, right? So about whom is that said? Snake. About the snake, right? So maybe the snake is coming to bite me, and then the passage quotes Psalm 139. Uh, which says, And I said, surely, and now there's a problem as to how to translate this. So the translation in the psalm is probably darkness as the subject of the verb. Darkness will which I translated here as envelop me. Right? But it's the same word that's used for the harm that a snake might cause. Right? So I said, the psalm says, I said, surely darkness will yeshufeni, it will harm me, will envelop me, will overcome me. Uh, but another way to translate this, and probably the way the Midrash is translating this, is not that darkness is the subject of the verb, but rather that darkness is um, the, the, the situation 
that enables an implied subject of the verb to harm me, in other words, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I yeah. said, surely in darkness, he will harm me. Right, right. right? He will harm me, he being the snake, right? right? So the way the, the Midrash is reading this is that Adam has been told that the snake is lying in wait to harm him, right? There's going to be enmity between you and the snake, God says, in the aftermath of Adam's sin, right? The, the snake is lying in wait to harm you, and... Um, going to Psalm 139, I, I said, surely in the darkness he will harm me. In other words, since the nights are getting longer and longer and longer, there's more time it, it, during which Adam feels um, vulnerable to the harm that lies in wait for him from the snake. Okay, I'll continue and then we can talk about this. Right, when he saw, when Adam saw that the day started to become longer again, meaning in the aftermath of the solstice, Adam said, Kalandev, which is etymologized here as Kalon Dio. Now, what Kalon Dio means is uh, mm-hmm. the different commentators disagree. Some understand it as, um, as being uh, Greek, Kalon Dio, God is good. Ah. And some understand it mm-hmm. as coming from the Latin, Kalodium, I proclaim the day. Well, we have okay. calendar. The word calendar is, is from calends. Feeds off of that. Well, it comes from calends, right? Calendar yeah. comes from calends. Calends, well, we'll talk about what calends actually was yeah. but later, but calendar yeah. comes yeah. from the word calends, right? Yeah. Calodium is the Latin, calondio is the Greek written in Latin cal- uh, characters. Okay, yeah. but I, I'm not so interested here in, in what he says when he sees the days getting, getting later, yeah. um, getting longer. I want to talk with you a bit about what what's he, what is his experience, and right? as he sees the night's getting longer and longer. Remember, he didn't adopt the first human being, right? He never took astronomy class. He never <laughs> went to first grade. He has nobody to talk to. This is the first year of his life, right? So he has no idea what's happening. Right? He sees the night thing. What is, what, is he, what is his experience? What is he imagining? There's no Eve at this point. Uh, there might be an Eve, but she has no more experience than he does. There is an eat, right, because he's already eaten. This is the aftermath of his sin, right, so he's already eaten right. the fruit. But, so you might imagine, you know, what is he talking to Eve about, but, or what's Eve thinking, right? But the story's not talking about that, but Eve doesn't know anything either, right? This is the first yeah. experience that they've had. They've just been created, right? According to the Midrashic um, understanding, Adam, uh, Adam and Eve sinned the day they were created. Right? This thing happens immediately. It's not like you know, a few years later they eat the fruit. It happens immediately, right? So this is the first time that they've gone through winter. So what is he imagining? What's he? What's he Anxiety, thinking? Anxiety, fear. Okay. Yeah. He thinks it's something I did. Mm. Okay. Just back to unknown, God. Like this linear pattern that he doesn't know is necessarily a cycle, but that will might continue to increase in darkness and length of the day. And and it might get completely dark. Right. right. I mean, he just might, doesn't yeah. have something to. There's no knowledge. There's no Lilith. There's nothing. No, this is his, right, he can only learn from experience, right? There's no books, there's no teachers, right? He's the only human being, he and Eve, right? So he, he, he has to figure out what's going on, right? And that's all he knows is that the nights are getting longer and longer and the days are getting shorter and shorter, okay? Um, and he knows there's a, there's a snake. He knows there's a snake, right? The snake is the one who, uh, who, who got Eve to, Right, because in the aftermath of eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge, God uh, curses the snake. Right, for having seduced Eve into eating the fruit, right? And God says, right, you, there'll be enmity between you and the human being, right? The, the, the human being will wound you with his heel, you will wound uh, him with your head, right? So he knows this, the snake, right? And he imagines the snake coming to bite him, right? Yep. The actual text itself is more horrendous to me as Adam. I would think that uh, as the... the the uh, uh, darkness increases, you know, we see a dim switch, you know, and then, then it gets great, and then it's off. Here, it's, it's the equivalent, not in quality, but in quantity, and maybe right. the darkness is, I'm going to be gone. We're all going to just uh. vanish. So that, to me, is, is even more proud of the snake. Okay, that's a powerful right. thing, too, but yeah, okay. everything's going to just be... So, well, right, so that, that's possible. I, when we get to the Bavli, the Bavli explicitly sees it that way. It's not clear to me that in this story uh, it sees it that way. Right? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't focus on the idea that um, it's, you know, everything's, everything's uh, a clean pot. It focuses, I think, more on uh, himself, right? his own kind of vulnerability, his own, his own terror. And the terror, of course, mm-hmm. is coming in the aftermath of his sin. 
right? Um, that's that's why the snake is referenced, right? So there's some sense um, in which um, the mm-hmm. it's not just darkness itself, but darkness as an opportunity for the thing you most fear to come and get you. Anybody yeah. who are afraid of the dark? I, I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> 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 no, no, just just, uh, just be honest. If you're not, that's fine. Everybody has different fears. A little, a little afraid of the dark. Yeah. Somewhat, not different people, different fears. Okay, so it, those who are afraid of the dark, or who any of us who can remember childhood when we might have been afraid, even though now we're more mature, and some of us have overcome it, not me. So, all right, remember what happens when the lights go out. Right? Um, when the lights go out, right, there's the things that might be under the bed, uh, right, monsters. or the shadows on the wall, or the things in the closet. Right? The, exactly. Right. So, you know, it's the darkness that that makes you vulnerable to whatever it is that you fear. Adam's particular fear has to do with his sense of his of his um, of his guilt right? um. and of um, the personal limitation that comes in the wake of that guilt right he becomes mortal he gets pronounced mortal uh, after after his sin so so all those the, those things right then the terror is not just the snake per se right? and if he's mortal then he has to worry about the snake then he has to worry about the snake right so the snake is standing in for his sin his human limitation right. his mortality the, the the terror yeah um could could you explain the idea of the the sin that you that that that, we're, that he has sin from birth? Did you say? No, no. He ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Oh, that was when this. Okay. That's the I, sin. I, I right? thought you were saying something. No, no, no. No, no original sin here. No right? original. Yeah. I, I thought that's you said that. Other, that wait a minute. The other this this blows all my thinking. No, no. He eats no, the fruit. So he it, eats it's the fruit. in the aftermath of eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge, right? Got that it. God pronounces oh, cool. the oh. enmity between him and the snake. Okay. Okay. So, so it's and 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 it's in the aftermath of that. Since again, midrashically, that happens the very first day of his existence. That he's the night's getting longer and longer and longer. So there's no intimation, I think, in this story. It will be different in, in the bodily version. There's no intimation in this story that necessarily he imagines the night's getting longer because of him, right? But nevertheless, the fact that the nights get longer right, increases his sense of vulnerability, yeah. increases the amount of time in which he feels vulnerable <laughs> to those things. That but do you, and do you yeah. agree that Eve is here at this time? Because well, she is in principle here. I don't think she's yeah. here in the story. She may not be, but she is in principle. She, she, well, in she, she exists, right? Yeah. You could you could imagine her saying, "Hey, why don't we ask somebody?" Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah so direction. But but that's not in the story. But you have the wrong guy for the what does he know? Well, he knows the concept of vulnerability, the, con- the concept of light and dark. There's a lot going on. Okay, so uh, again, the, what I meant by not having knowledge it, is that he doesn't know any astronomical things, right? He doesn't know mm. that there's seasons. Well, he doesn't know that there are seasons. He doesn't know that if it's getting darker That's and darker, cyclical. at some point there'll be a solstice and it's going to get lighter and lighter, right? That's why when the newbie. at the end of the, right at the end of this little passage, right, all of a sudden he sees the day getting long. He says, "Oh wow!" He doesn't have that knowledge. Right? He has only the knowledge of his own experience. He's experienced certain things. He's disobeyed. Right? He's been cast out of Eden. He experiences darkness. Oh, this he experiences fear. Mm-hmm. No, he's been cast out. Right. This is right after. Maybe it's you know. No. Right. He's been cast out of Eden right after he eats the, the, the fruit. Right. So this is. And that's day one. And that's day one. Midrashically, exactly. Okay. So what, what I meant by he doesn't have knowledge, he has knowledge of this kind of this like David Hume here or whatever. I don't <laughs> right. He has knowledge. Right. And that comes from his experience, but he doesn't have any other knowledge. Right. He doesn't have any any knowledge yeah, that he could get from the kind of knowledge we have, right? We're told, right, first of all, by the time we are sentient beings, we've gone through a few a few years, right? mm. but we're also told by our teachers, you know, there's seasons, it gets darker, it gets lighter, longer, shorter, solstice, equinox, we're told that he doesn't have that knowledge. Okay, back uh, for a second to the, um, um, the psalm. Um, if you look on the other side of the page, I gave you just a, a small excerpt uh, from the psalm. Um, and I want to focus in right now just on verse 11. So verse 11 is the verse that, that is quoted in the Midrash. Right? Um, if we look at the whole verse, it says, right? I said, or right, I'm translating it differently from the translation here, I had said, um, Surely darkness will cover me, will envelop me. 
Um, Vilayla or Ba'adeni. Now, Vilayla or Ba'adeni is actually translated, if you, if you go to some nice website that has all the different possible English translations of this, <laughs> you'll see that translations, and this is true of the classical commentators as well, are split pretty much down the middle as to how to translate uh, the second half of this verse, Vilayla or Ba'adeni. Mm. Right. So let, let's all those, those who have access to Hebrew don't look at the English for a second. How would you translate Vilayla or Ba'adeni? Well, Vilayla or you have to get right Vilayla or right. There's no verb here, right? There's no verb. So, the light of night. Yeah, I was gonna say the light. Right, there's night and there's light, right? And the question, and how, the question is how you put that together, right? The kind of right? night that is light. The what? <laughs> the kind of night that is light. The night light? The okay, so it's not the night light. There's an implied <laughs> verb. There's an implied to be verb oh. in here, right? Something is something. There's an implied to be verb, okay? But it's not there, and again, because uh, you can, right, word order can vary in Hebrew, right? It's not clear which is which. Yeah, Jerome, no, what are you saying? The word is always translated as night. Or? Or Earlier, or, 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 for example, it means like. So, so that. Up on an okay, so first of all, I'm not asking Talmudically okay. what this means, although well, we, can, we can get there. I'm asking first in the verse. Right? How would you translate the Lila or Baidini? Would you translate the night is light, or the light is night? Where is the translation? Oh, oh. What? You, Psalm 139. No, where is the tra- this particular English? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's RSV. It's whatever I want oh, to get okay. But this is not I'll my translation. Like, Sorry? Maybe it's a, a statement that they come together, that they're the same, that all together, but it's the same as they. Meaning what? So, so Lila is for. Meaning what? I mean that one holds the quality of both. Meaning what? <laughs> no, I just want to understand what you're saying. I hear you. Well, yeah, what does it mean? so I mean, so that can also be a way of saying that there's, it kind of expands his associations there and kind of gets the, it's less of a distinction there, like it's dark here and everywhere else is light, uh-huh. because if he's afraid of darkness, that really can only come from seeing that <coughs> there's a contrast with something else, some other condition of light, or uh-huh. um, some sense of safety and not having that darkness. Mm, uh-huh. So by bringing them together and sort of merging the two, he's sort of starting to, as he lives on to expand his experiences and see that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Great. Let's hold, hold on for a second. I want to go more simple first, and then that's that's, that's a little fancy. The, can I, the, can the, I yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. How does that? How does JPS do it? Uh, night is as light as day, and darkness and light are the same. I'm looking at this. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm no, sorry. No. You're, that's the next verse. Oh, I'm looking 11? at eleven. 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 That's the one I'm looking at. Eleven. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, so read us. Okay. Read us eleven. Provide me with cover. Okay. I. Because I that's went over to the next verse. Okay, that's great. Read 11 for us. What do you have okay. there? Well, it says that... Um, Let's read the whole translation. I'm sorry, this is 12. Right. I'm sorry. That's okay. Well, read 11. Really okay, read 11. If I say, surely darkness will conceal me, night will provide me with cover. So... Night will provide me with cover. Cover. Night. So now night's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I I, I want to just <laughs> I want to just make a simple suggestion, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Before I go there, I just want to simple point. If you if you look if you look at standard translations, for example, here's one standard translation. I think it's revised standard version. I'm not sure, but here what you have here is one standard version. This one translates: "The light shall be night about me." In other words, mm-hmm. right? They're seeing the two parts of the verse as saying roughly the same thing. I mean, the first part right. of the verse, Choshech Jufeni, I'm enveloped by darkness, such that even light is now night. Mm-hmm. Okay? The alternative translation, which you'll find as both in classical commentators and in some English translations, is right, that night now becomes light. Okay, and and I just wanted to to suggest that the midrash is playing with this right, because because the translation we have here, light shall be night about me, is what Adam first experiences. Right, that even the parts of the day, it used to be that at 4:30 it was light, but now 4:30 is night. Right, that as he moves from the time he's created, which is roughly around the equinox, as he moves deeper into winter toward the solstice, right? Um, I'm enveloped by darkness because even the parts of the day that were light are now 
dark, mm. right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to what then happens as the solstice comes, right? Which is the opposite, right? Which is the other possible translation, which is, I had said that I would be enveloped mm -hmm. by darkness, but now the night is becoming light for me again, right? 4.30, which a month ago was dark, is now light, right? So the, the ambiguity of the verse, even separate from, from where you're going, which is fancier, and we'll, we'll get there, right? but the ambiguity of the verse, is it, night that's is, it, is it the light that's becoming night, or is it the night that's becoming light, is actually the, the kind of two sides of his experience, right? At first, the light becomes dark, but then the night uh, becomes, becomes light again. It sounds like what we say on, on Hanukkah, the, the, the song we say at the end of uh, Chakras, uh, the second last line, um, no, um... Hafakta Mispadeilo. Right, right. Interesting. So the right. Psalm, right? Psalm 30, right? Mispadeilo. It has that sense of the change. Okay. So I, I, I want to I move to the Bavli. The Bavli is more complicated than this. Um, uh, in certain ways, in certain ways, it's less complicated, but it's, it's a slightly longer story. So it starts in an interesting way. Um, it starts before we even get to the story. Right, this is on the bottom of the first side of the page. It starts with uh, a, a statement about these holidays. Remember that this story comes in relation to the Mishnah's mention of these holidays. The Mishnah mentions two holidays. One is Kalends and one is Saturnalia. Okay. So before we get to the story, we have a teaching that um, identifies these two holidays, Kalends and Saturnalia. Amr of Hanan Barava, Kalenda, Shmona Yamim Achart Kufa, Saturnura, Saturnalia, Shmona Yamim Lifnate Kufa. Visimanech Achorva Kerem Tsartani. So he says that Kalends right, is eight days after the um, solstice. Mm -hmm. And Saturnalia is eight days before the solstice. Okay, I'll get back to the accuracy of that a little later. Okay, and he says the simonet a mnemonic that can help you remember that is achorva kedem sartani. Now you might say, how in the world does the verb achorva kedem sartani in any way help me remember these holidays? So the explanation is this: if you look again at the Mishnah, what you'll see is that the holidays are listed in the order Kalends and Saturnalia. But Rav Hanan Barava has said that Kalends is actually the later holiday and Saturnalia is actually the earlier holiday. Right? Kalends comes eight days after the solstice and Saturnalia comes eight days before the solstice. The solstice in those times, right before the current calendar, the solstice was actually on. Now it's usually around the 21st of December. In those days it was the 25th, the 25th of December. Um, That's why Christmas is on the 25th of December, right? Um, so, uh, Kalends was eight days after the solstice, which puts it when? So start, if you count from the 25th, 25th, 26th, 27th, it's January 1st. Right? So Kalends is... <laughs> Actually, calendar meant the first of any month, but in this case, it means the first of January, right? Again, that's where the idea of calendar comes from. Okay, and Saturnalia was eight days before the solstice, but again, noting that in the Mishnah, they're, they're uh, mentioned in reverse chronological order, right? If you were talking chronological order, you would say Saturnalia, and then 16 Calvin. days later, Kalends. So that's where this Siman, that's where this mnemonic comes in. Ahorvakedem Sartani is a verse. Oh. We'll get to the meaning of the verse in a minute, but in the verse, the word achor comes before the word kedem. Now, what do achor and kedem uh, refer to in, in the rabbinic understanding? So kedem means what's in front of you, and achor is what's behind you. Okay. Now, in a rabbinic <coughs> way of thinking and speaking, what's behind you is the future. And what's in front of you is the past. Right? We think of this differently. Right? We yeah, think of the past as behind you, right? And we see ourselves as facing toward the future. They mm -hmm. sort quite the opposite. So for example, if you think of the famous story of Rabbi Akiva of Moshe visiting Rabbi Akiva's Beit Midrash. Mm -hmm. Right? He says, I wanna I wanna see this guy, right? So God says to him, Chazor la turn back. Turn back means toward the future. Back to the future, right? <laughs> because you're, of course, you're facing. I mean, this is so counterintuitive to us, but of course, right, it makes perfect sense to say you face the past 
because that's... You can have to see the future. Hashem tells Okay, okay, maybe. I, I never read that way, but, but, but it, could be, it could be understood that way. But the point is, the thing that we know is the past. We don't know the future. Mm. The future is, in fact, what's behind us. We can't see it, right? The past is what we orient toward. A few years ago, there was actually an article in the New York Times about some tribe someplace in the world um, that has a similar idea, and they said it's the only language known <laughs> to linguists, and I actually wrote them a letter, which they published, but um, they said many people wrote them a letter that, that in, in, uh, in rabbinic Hebrew it's that way, that way oh. as well. So in any event, a whore here means af, right, something, something that comes um, wow. uh, later, right, and kedem means something that came earlier, right? Um, and therefore, right, the siman, the mnemonic, is there to tell you that if you can't remember which is Kalans and which is Tavnelia, you should know that the Mishnah is referring to the uh, thing that comes later before it refers to the thing that, be- that comes earlier. Right? Kalans is later and Saturnalia is earlier. That's the purpose of this mnemonic. Now, I hope everybody's confused because I just want to point out that this is not... You know, this mnemonic seems a lot more complicated than just remembering that the Mishnah is in reverse order. So I want to suggest that the reason this mnemonic is here, actually, is because the text wants to recall, as we're about to enter into the story that it's going to tell, the text wants to raise up in our minds, where is this verse from? What's what Psalm? 139. Which is the Psalm that we were just looking at, right? So if you flip over for a second... (laughs) You'll see, uh, this is, anybody familiar with this psalm? This is a a great psalm. Uh, If anybody's been to um, um, Yakar in Jerusalem, there's verses from this psalm that are all over the shul, right? Um, So this psalm, um, among other things, kind of describes how a human being is formed. Which one? Psalm 139. It describes how a human being is formed. (coughs) Okay? Um, And um, it is seen broadly in rabbinic literature as referring uh, specifically to the creation of the first human being. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's actually seen as being, not just referring uh, to him, but um, that Adam, right, that this kind of, um, that Adam is speaking here in a sense, right? Uh, Adam is speaking about his own, his own experience. So you have here, Achorva um, Kedem Sartani is verse um, 5. Which is translated here, uh, you have beset me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. I have no idea what beset means in this context, but sartani, sartani, right? Behind and before sartani. 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 Okay, interesting. But, but what do you think that means, sartani? What, what word might that mean? Sar. Sar. Okay, so it could be sar, a narrowing, right? You have narrowed me. I think that's where they're coming from, be set. You have narrowed me, hedged me in, right? Narrowed me in behind and before. It also might might come from yatsar. Right? God created, God shaped the human being. Right? It sort of evokes both the idea of creation and the idea of hedging me in, narrowing me. Setting limits. Right? Setting limits, exactly. This verse is understood in, 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 uh, in other Midrashim, not what we have in front of us, um, as referring to the idea, this comes up in Chagiga and elsewhere, referring to the idea that when the human being, when Adam was first created, he reached from one end of the world to the other end of the world. Oh. And after he sinned, God put God's hand on Adam and made him small, diminished him. Right? Um, could be right, that you created me right, all the way from here to there, right, stretching out to the whole world. Or it could mean you hedged me in from behind and before. Right? You took me and you narrowed me down. Right? So both those notions of the, the capacity for a human being, the kind of infinite capacity of the human being on the one hand, um, and the notion of, of human limitation on the other hand, um, are seen in this verse, maybe are actually in this verse, but are seen midrashically specifically as referring to the notion of the, the capacity of the human being in creation as opposed to the limitation uh, imposed on the human being or maybe even self-imposed on the human being uh, in the aftermath uh, of his sin. So just so to keep that in mind, right? That 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 verse, right, is what our Talmudic passage is raising up as a mnemonic, right? Before we even read the story about Adam. Okay. So now let's read the story. So back to the other side of the page. Tanu Rabbanan, 
So this story, as I said, it's very, very similar to the Yerushalmi story, but to my mind, there there's some important differences as well. So, Tanu Ravunan, Lefi Shorah Adam Harishon Yom Shemit Ma'id Veholech Amar Orli Shema Bishvil Shesorachti Olam Chashuch Ba'adi Vechozer Letohu Vavohu Vezohi Mita Sheniknesa Alay Min Hashamayim Because Adam Harishon, the first human being, saw that the day was getting shorter and shorter, he said, woe to me, maybe because I messed up, sarachti, and I stunk up, right? again referring to his sin, maybe because I messed up, the world is dark mm-hmm. about me, and is returning to tohu vavohu, right, to that primordial, primordial. chaos mm-hmm. and confusion. Mm-hmm. And this is the death that was sentenced upon me from the heavens. Amad v'yashav shmona yamim v'tanit u'vitfila. So he stood and sat. Stood here doesn't mean stood. It means he got himself going. Right? He sat for eight days in fast and in prayer. Kevan shera'at kufat teveit v'ra'a yom shemarich v'holech amar min hagoshal olamku. Once he saw the uh, winter solstice and he saw that the day was getting longer and longer, he said, this is the way of the world. So he went and made eight festive days. At another, a different year, they made these days and these days, meaning both those first days before the, the first eight days before the solstice and the latter eight days after the solstice. They made both of them into festive days. He, Adam, established them for the sake of heaven. But they, meaning the idolaters, presumably the Romans, right, established them as <coughs> idolatrous holidays. Okay. So I want to first focus on um, Adam's reaction to the days getting shorter and shorter, to the night getting longer and longer. What does he think in this story? Perhaps because I have sinned. Yeah. Right. Perhaps because I have sinned what? I made this happen. Right, okay, so that to me is, is different. Right? It's not yeah. clear that he thinks that in the Yushalmi version. Right? In the Yushalmi version, it's getting darker. He doesn't know why it's getting darker, but what he does know is that in the darkness, he's vulnerable, specifically in the aftermath of his sin. Here it's different. Here he says, I sinned, and maybe because I sinned, the um, world is getting darker. Right? In other words, that the change in the world is on account of me. And specifically, if you look at the words Olam Chashuch Ba'adi, right, the world is dark Ba'adi, Ba'adi, so I translated here, the world is dark about me. Mm-hmm. And the reason I chose the word about is because I think Ba'adi can mean two different things. Right? Ba'adi can mean it's, it, there's darkness around me. Mm-hmm. Or it can mean Ba'adi, because of me. Right? It's dark because of me. And what this is really doing is looking back again to the psalm, going back to verse 11, right, this story doesn't actually explicitly quote the psalm, but I think it's alluding to the psalm right here. Verse 11, right, You have that word ba'ad again, right? About me, but about here, both in the sense of around me, but in the sense of about, it's about me, right? I sinned, and therefore, the world is getting dark, and the, it's getting dark must mean a dumb thing that the world is returning to Tova Vohu. In other words, what he imagines is, right, God steps on to the world at the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, right, God steps on to the world which is characterized by chaos, Tohu Vavohu, which is characterized by darkness, the Choshech home, and God utters the first words of creation, God says, Yehi Or, and there's light. But now, Adam sees the light diminishing, and it's getting darker and darker. So Adam imagines that actually creation is unraveling, right? Mm-hmm. That creation is unraveling. The world is going to return to that primordial chaos and darkness, and it's because of him, right? Mm-hmm. right? The death that has been sentenced upon me, right? He's become mortal in the aftermath of his sin. That death takes place universally, right? The whole world dies with him, right? It's a, it's a kind of interesting view, right? Adam sees the world as an extension of himself. It's a very like egocentric a view. It's like a like child. A child. Like a child. Like, what happens to me is what's happening or, or to the he, world. he has a distorted idea of 
actions and consequences or causes and effects, and he thinks that because he did whatever it was, whether inadvertently or on purpose, that whatever bad is happening is because he did that. When right. It's just and now he has he has happening. good reason in a way. He is the only human being leaving yeah. Eve out of it. Right. Yeah. It's, there aren't six billion other people. Right. Right? Right. He is the only person. And right. if he imagines that he is the center of God's creation or the apex it, of God's creation, the, then it might make some sense that if he is doomed, the world is doomed. But right? this juvenile, not a juvenile in a bad sense, right. just juvenile, childish in a descriptive yeah. sense. Yeah. That their knowledge of the world isn't complete enough yet. They don't realize that's right. That, that you know. That's right, and that's one of the that. things that happens in that story is yeah. that he grows out of yeah, that exactly. of that kind of thinking, yeah. right? Yeah. So then he 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 sits for eight days in fasting and prayer, and then when he sees the solstice, he says, "Oh, that must be the way the world <coughs> is," right? Now, why does he think? Why does he come to that conclusion? Like, I mean, you could have written the story very differently, right? Once he sees the solstice, and he sees the days getting longer, he says, write, write a different continuation. He says, God changed his mind. <laughs> yeah, I fasted, I prayed, God forgave me, it worked, right? Why do you think that instead he comes to the conclusion that is minhago shel Allah? Where did you get the idea about fasting? Yeah, Who told it's interesting. It's <laughs> right. I want to know. I've seen this pattern of, from darkness, and that, like, uh, it's, it's changing. It's not just this stagnant like, state. And But I'm wondering also, like, where did he get the idea, even in the initial Tohubabon? Like, he didn't do anything at that point, because that was the beginning, the first kind of condition. Right. So for, he doesn't attribute, you know, God saying by the or to anything he did. Right. Positive. He's right. sort of this selective view of right. his like guilt, you know, of right. okay, well when I do something bad it's my right. and so right. I'm wondering if that's also a consistent kind of way of thinking, right? But then why doesn't he say, Oh, now that there's more light it must be because I've you know, God showed me grace and right. right. of my family. Right. And why why does he stop right. that notion of, of you're saying why is he even started? I hear the point. Yeah. He's uh, he ate from the eggs of the house, so he has knowledge. So he has some knowledge. Right, but that's not scientific knowledge. Good and evil. Right, it's the knowledge of good and evil. He has, yeah. he has choice. He has moral choice. You know, right. that's maybe why he And we're not born with scientific knowledge. Maybe that's why he sat and fasted. He probably figured, like a little kid, oh, it's my fault, uh, I'm sorry. Right, I'm asking you, though, the why, right, why, when it changes, and starts to get light yeah, again. Why, he's thinking why instead of saying, right, yeah, the logical conclusion, right, it got dark because of me, I fasted, now it's getting light because God has accepted my repentance. Instead, he says, oh, it's minhago shalom. That's it just the way the world God. is. Mm-hmm. It it's God. No. You, you, it, you, um, by saying it's the way of the world, it meant that the fasting and the prayers had no benefit. Right. Therefore, I really don't need God. It's just the way of the world. Well, why does he think that? I don't know why he but, thinks right. it, but that's what he's saying. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right. I'm just asking I, I, why. I have right. no idea yeah, why. I mean, I don't know why he chose to fast and pray, you know. <laughs> but, but he's saying that, that, my, that what I did had no input. Exactly. Therefore, right. That in retrospect, it, right, in retrospect, it wasn't, right? It, it wasn't. It's getting a, darker right. wasn't because of me yeah, either, it just right? It comes to a different conversation. Sure, but is is that perhaps 
right, if it were that God was, uh, you know, this, we have to kind of leave our astronomical knowledge aside, but if in fact it had been getting darker because of his sin, and now God accedes to his prayers and fasting, then either it would just kind of stop getting darker, Right? Or maybe it would go right back to as light as it was when he was first created, you know, 12 hours and 12 hours. The fact that there's this kind of gradual lessening of darkness and increase of light, right, which parallels right, the increase of darkness and decrease of light, mm-hmm. I think that's what he sees. There's something cyclical about this, right? Mm-hmm. This is not just God exceeding. That's, that's, that's what I'm assuming. Hold on a second. But, Let's, what I'm much more interested in than this question, which I know I invited you to spend 10 minutes on, what I'm much more interested in actually is not why he comes to that conclusion, but the difference, right? Just to underscore the difference in his consciousness now, right? Before the solstice, right, he imagines the world as an extension of himself. If he yeah. has sinned, the world is coming to an end. Right? He's going to be extinguished, mm. extinguished together with the world. Mm. And after the solstice, right, he adopts a completely different understanding of himself in relation to the world. The world and he are not in any kind of relationship. Right? What he does, he does, and what happens to the world is the world is going to go according to its mean hago, shalolam, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> completely independent of anything that he does. It is a complete rupture right, between him and the world, a kind of you know, disenchantment, if one is the language of the sociology. Right? The, the world is its own thing, and he is his own thing. After living a couple of years in a row, right. then we, we get connection. Huh? What? After living more than one year, right. experiencing more than one year, then it begins to become technical. He sees the pattern. Exactly. Yes, right. Which, which is perhaps why Lashana HaCheret, right, at a different year, right, they made both eight-day periods, oh, festive yeah. days, right? He had eight days of kind of mourning, fasting, right, and eight days of celebration, but afterwards, because this means in retrospect, right, they can look back and say, actually, why should the increasing <coughs> darkness be a cause for sorrow, right? It's 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 far the way the world is. And they make both of them Yamim Tovin, right? So there's this complete disengagement, right, uh, of, of of self from the world. Right? The world has its way. What I do has nothing to do with that. So what I what I wanted to what I wanted to do um, Next, right, is uh, you probably already noticed this while we're reading this, but I'm going to read the story over. Um, actually, I'm not going to read the story over. What I'm going to do is this. So, if you flip to the other side of the page, this is a text that I mean, my husband just referred to parts of this text, and probably all of you are familiar with this text. And this is the classic text about Hanukkah. Um, and I'm going to, I, I, I skipped here the part that my husband spoke about, which is the uh, explanations of Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel's positions, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to read this Biti Luke, and I'll read the excerpts from this text. And as I read it, um, call out when you hear something which sounds like something we just read in the Bavli story about Adam. Okay? And I don't mean it sounds like in some esoteric sense, I mean actually the words, right, so something very specifically uh, similar. Tanu Rabbanan, Mitzvah Chanukah Ner Ish Ubeito. The Hamahadrin near the Halachad Vechad. The Hamahadrin mean Hamahadrin, Bid Shame Omrim Yomishomad Likshmona, Mikan the Elach, Pochet, Velech, Bid Hillel Omrim Yomishomad Likachat, Mikan the Elach, Mosif, Velech. The Mitzvah of Hanukkah is one candle for each person in his household, those who beautify the commandments, a candle for each and every person, and those who really, really beautify the commandments. Uh, Beit Shammai says the first day he lights eight candles and from then on it continues to get less and less. And Beit Hillel says the first day he lights one candle and from then on it continues to, when he adds, continues to add. My Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? Because our sages taught that on the 25th day of Kislev, uh, begin the days of Hanukkah, which are eight, on which you can't uh, eulogize and you can't fast. Because when the Greeks, I mean the Syrian Greeks, right, entered the 
temple, they defiled all of the oils, and when the um, Hasmonean kingdom uh, got the upper hand and was victorious, <coughs> they checked and they only found a single uh, cruise of oil, uh, which was set aside under the seal of the high priest, and there was only enough in it to light one day. A uh, miracle happened, and they lit from that for eight days. Another year, they established and they made them festive days with praise and thanksgiving. It's like the another year they okay. made these. Oh. And so, these. right. So, several things. One is yeah. Lashana Acheret, another year, which we have also in the Adam story, right? Lashana Acheret, they made both sets of eight days festive days. Um, Right. So, so, so Esther pointed out already. Right. It continues to get less. It continues to get more. Referring to the uh, candles, similar to the light of Adam Yisrael. The light gets continues to get less, and then he sees. Uh, that the day is ma'arich v'holech. It continues to get longer, so you have the diminishing light and the increasing light. Yes? Um, coming back to the beginning, I think the better way to read this, I don't think it should be read by Hanukkah, question mark. And I think the better way to read it is my Hanukkah, the Tanurah, Yes. Okay. question mark, that's yes. the question. Okay. And the answer is the rest okay. of the day. Okay. Because uh, okay. otherwise the duh doesn't make any sense. Okay. And also it's crazy that Hazal would know what Hanukkah is. But the, it's a good question. What <laughs> okay. is this Hanukkah? The Tanu right. Uh, the Tanu Rabbanan here is, is actually called the Megillat Ta'anit, a very ancient text, right? right? Um, and the Aramaic part is part of Megillat Ta'anit. And then the Sheh Kishanich Nesu is the right, next Okay, that's that. Okay. Great. Otherwise the duh Tanu that makes no sense. Beautiful. Okay. Wait, yes. I don't, I don't get it. What's the, what's the it, it, it's, it's not relevant to, to this. He's just saying that I didn't punctuate and translate well. Right? Instead of saying my Hanukkah, it should have said, what is this Hanukkah about, which the rabbi said that there's eight days of the fast? Answer, right, when the Greeks enter the temple, etc. Okay. I, I translate that under the pressure of everybody always saying the my Hanukkah sugya, if my Hanukkah is its own question. But you're right, that is the that is the better way to translate. Okay, what else? So we said two things. One is the Shana Acheret, a later year. One is the light increasing, continuing to increase or continuing to decrease. What else? What other similarities are there? Kiva'am. Kiva'am, right? Acheret Kiva'um, right? To establish, the notion of establishing the holidays, uh, which you have... Um, which we have in both stories, who kiva'am l'shem shamayim v'hem kiva'um. It's a notion of establishing the holidays. Um, when was it established? What? I, mean, I don't know if this is where you want to go. Yeah. You can shut me off. Okay. I happened to see the Chasei Ovos this past Okay. Grandson of Rishia Kutna. Okay. Anyway, the, the idea is that, and now I see it much stronger, Hanukkah was not established as the Rambam writes in Sefer HaMitzvah at the time of Bayat Shane. Right. Um, what actually was established were days of uh, Hallel uh, and Odaah. Okay. It doesn't say Lahavik Meiros. They lit candles. Okay. As long as the temple menorah itself was going in the Vayeshemi, people did not light. Shana Cheret was centuries later. And the Machok of the Beit Shammai Beit Hillel did not start mm. when the time of the Beit HaMikdash. Okay. It was actually uh, begun and resolved at Yavna. Okay. A, a long, a much later. And it was because what I see now from the Quran of Rizara, it's because of the Christian influence. The way we think of it in America. <laughs> kind of a major holiday because that actually is the way. I think the last Okay, so hold on. Because, so, so, right, right, right. So I'm going to interrupt you. I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to, go, I'm trying to start really small. I'm sorry. I don't want you I'm just trying to get parallel. So you said something which I'm going to take to, to be, I'm really, I'm taking all the fancy stuff where you're saying, just getting to a small point. They're both on the 25th of the month. Let's yeah. start right there. <laughs> in other words, the turning point of Callens and Saturnalia, right, is this solstice day, right, which was the 25th of December, right? And we have 25th of Kislev, right? Yeah. Okay? And another parallel, which is so obvious that nobody's saying it, is the notion of the eight-day holiday. And I, I want to yeah. underscore that because right. the fact of the matter is, if you turn back to the first side of the page, right, this notion that Callens and Saturnalia were eight-day holidays oh. is actually just not true. 
Right? It's not true. It's an invention. It's an invention of the Bible. Callens right? was the first day of January. Saturnalia did start um, eight days before the solstice. It was a festival that started on the 17th. And at different times, different periods during Roman times, it varied in length anything from one day to seven days. One day, three days, seven days, all sorts of different things. It was never an eight-day holiday. So neither Saturnalia nor Callens were actually eight-day holidays. Saturnalia did start eight days before the solstice, and Callens was eight days after the solstice. But it's an invention of the Bavli that they are both eight-day holidays. And so the notion in the Avodazar text that these are eight-day holidays is an invention of this text. And another parallel, I think, between... Um, the story of Adam, as as the Bavli tells it, right? Not the story of Yerushalmi, as the Bavli tells it, the story of Adam on the one hand, who has these two eight-day holidays, and the story of Hanukkah, which is an eight-day holiday. Right? So what I'm suggesting is that the way the story of Adam is recast in the Bavli, right? We have the, the, the sort of core story in the Yerushalmi. It's recast in the Bavli. Several differences that we noticed. But some of the differences are differences that make it sound quite similar to the way the Hanukkah story, or the origins of Hanukkah, um, are told in the Bible. Um, yes. Say. Because it emphasizes the pagan roots of Christianity. This is the way. The world is. Right. And that's so, in other words, so the reason it looked, January 1st is the eighth day from December 25th. Right. There is something to it. I don't don't know if I would say it's totally an invention of. of, No, no, no. What I meant by invention is the notion that 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 there's an eight day festival, or in fact, two eight day festivals, right? But maybe, maybe why did they pick December 25th and January 1st, the eighth? Eight days. Why do they have it on the eighth okay, day? That could, Maybe there is something. I don't know. That, that could be. I'm that, just saying that, that, that the notion that the eight days that. themselves yeah. are right. yamim tovim, right. right, is 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 an invention. You're right. There, there's eight days before, eight days after. Are both these? But these, it's not equivalent. The eight days before the solstice is clearly there's a, a constant darkening, and right. then there's a turning point. But that turning point goes on for six months, not eight days. In other words, you arbitrarily set eight days before. Right. But then after it it, it it's open ended. Well, the ninth, before but the too. ninth day is getting yeah, lighter than the eighth day, and the tenth day is getting but, lighter. But that was true way before no, the eighth day before pick, the solstice no, as well. I understand, but when right. you pick the eighth day before and you right. set that those eight days are a critical eight days, right. that's I can understand because there's a finality. There's a it's it's a it's a finite end, right? The the shortest day is there. I mean, the longest day is there, and then. The, uh, the, the shortest day, the shortest day, and then the longest day continues to go for months. Right. No, I understand, but but that's true only once you've picked the eight days before. Correct. But it's eight and eight, and, eight and what I'm right. saying, I understand when you said the certain right. number I, I, before. Yeah. But, but right. Okay. Okay. So, but no, but but I, I think you know, in terms of what you said about pain, I mean, it is interesting that in the in the Adam story in the Bavli, I was focusing more on the, the notion of him. Uh, seeing himself as uh, distinct from the world, oh, we're seeing the world no, as distinct no, from him. But you're raising, but you're raising something idea. else, which is God come, gets out of the picture. <laughs> in other words, when he was sitting and fasting in prayer, right, he's directing himself toward God as controlling the light and the darkness, right. And once he says Minhagosha Olam, right, God is actually out of the picture. Right, God's not making it right dark or light. Right, it gets dark or light because that's the way the world works, right? So, so I think there is the notion right there that that, right, it doesn't, there's no halal v'hoda'ah in this. It's yami tovim, party days, or festive days. But there's no uh, praise and thanksgiving because God has been pushed out of the picture. The same, at the same moment that he sees the world as separate from himself, he also sees the world as independent of God. Right? And that's, I think, why it, it can also Although it does say hukva amlashem shamayim, right? He does it, you know, for the sake of heaven. They make it uh, for the sake of idolatry. But but there is a sense in which it's already moving towards something that is separate from God's doings, right? Which which might be pushing pushing toward idolatry. Anyway, we only have a few more minutes. I wanted to raise the question of if if you accept my uh, premise here, which is um, that the the Bavli version of the story is is purposely trying to recraft. Um, the Adam story um, into a story that evokes or echoes uh, elements of the Hanukkah tradition. So I want to spend the last few minutes talking about why. 
right? What, what does that add, right? They could have just told a nice little story like Yerushalmi, which has nothing to do with Hanukkah, right? And instead, um, they tell a story which in so many different ways um, evokes Hanukkah. So I, I just wanted to kind of open it up to what, what, what you think the point might be. And it was how do we understand Hanukkah differently uh, in relation to the Adam story, uh, the Adam story differently in relation to Hanukkah. Right? When we see these two stories together, what, what, what emerges uh, differently from if we just see the stories as totally separate things. So I'll take some of your comments and then I'll offer a couple of my comments. I'm also seeing that the debate about which way to light the candles and whether you start from the most, and that kind of reflects um, similarly that idea, like you, someone was saying about infinite, like the, there's a finite end and a certain day that's just like distinct as the the one that is basically the end of that period of time. And so when you start with some big number, you can only go down so far. But when you start from the bottom, you know, this, and it's similar to what Adam was sort of mm-hmm. going with in the beginning, there's no sense of where this will end. It's just this is what's going to envelop me, no, no sense of predictability or a, a ability to reflect back on how this cycle will emerge. So you're like, so saying actually the practice that we do, I mean, if it weren't the fact that our menorahs only had eight things, right. right, you could keep right. going forever. It's supposed to be Shammai where it, that's the end, once we've gotten down to one. And it's that based on that cycle that he's established finally that there's this sort of differential between, I can, but there's also like it can be a positive or negative experience in the sense of, okay, yeah, it's just how the world is. Like I can relieve myself of this guilt and sense of responsibility, but also that kind of, Lack of control that can be a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even if you're lighting down, bit if you're if you're going right. down to mm-hmm. right, right. After eight days, there's no, there's nothing where you can do. Right, right. Okay. Other possibility for free form. Say what? No possibility for a free form or expanding it or taking it. That's it. It's it's yeah. Right. On the other hand, it's a not, it's non-artificial ending. You see, the hill is so artificial. Why why end there? Right. Keep yeah. lighting until you get to 354 or 65. Right? Right. So you know, it's it's interesting because one of the things that, that um, well, just a couple of thoughts. I mean, one one is kind of almost a trivial thought, which is that um, that seeing you know Hanukkah in relation to the Adam story. Um, you know, Hanukkah in a certain way. You know, I, I spend some time on a therapeutic farm in Western Massachusetts, and this will be the first year in five years that I'm not doing a Hanukkah celebration there. Somebody else is taking it over. Uh-huh. Um, but um, it's a little hard to explain Hanukkah to people, right? Um, because if you kind of explain it the way we all learned it in school, it's kind of the Greeks, who aren't really Greeks, they're actually Syrians, <laughs> and it becomes this kind of very, kind of a moment in time type thing, you know? And it, it, it sounds, you know, the Hellenistic Greeks, the Seleucids, the Talmud, you know, you know, it's like a history, it becomes a history lesson of some point in time that nobody really cares very much about. Um, if you talk about this one little bit of light that gets bigger, of course, everybody can relate, can relate to that. But there's something about this story which um, I, I think, um, you know, universalizes the, the, the Hanukkah experience, right? That mm-hmm. Hanukkah is one kind of one iteration, a particular iteration. It's not, it's not just universal experience. There are things which are particularly Jewish about it. Like the Halal Vahodah, for example, praise and thanksgiving. Um, but at the same time, there is a notion that there's something about this experience which is a universal experience, right? which is shared not just universal in the sense of all peoples, but in the sense of all people, right? all individuals, right? that everybody uh, has an experience um, similar to the experience of Adam HaRishon. Right? Uh, of, the, of the world falling apart around them, right? of, of being enveloped in darkness, of not, not knowing whether you'll ever come back out into the light, that sense of vulnerability or failure or human limitation, right? So there's something about bringing the Adam story into the Hanukkah story, I think, that enables um, the Hanukkah story to speak not just about, you know, this kind of particular uh, event in history, but as, you know, something that um, is one instantiation of uh, an event that happens to, or, or, or an experience that happens to, uh, to each person from that first person, and Amr shown is every, is every person. So that's that's kind of one element of it. But another thing that I that I think about is if you if you look again at the um, Hanukkah text. So, um, you know, the famous uh, dispute between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. So what strikes me about this is that the way we usually see a dispute is right. There's 
it's either A or it's B, and we do B, right? <laughs> Somebody says that, the hill says that, we do B, and therefore our practice is B. Right? But it, it strikes me that when you look at a text, right, actually, um, as opposed to in practice, where you have to adopt either A or B, when you look at a text, actually A and B are both there. Um, not just as differences of opinion, but they're actually both there at the same time. So if you if you kind of just open this text again, and you just read Beit Shammai Omrim Yom Rishon Madlik Shmona Mikan Ve'Elach Pochet Ve'Holech Beit Hillel Omrim Yom Rishon Madlik Achat Mikan Ve'Elach Mosif Ve'Holech that those two things, right, the notion of starting with eight lights and going down to one, and starting with one light and going up to eight, actually live simultaneously, mm. right, on this page. Right? Uh, well, and, I mean, th- these are essentially the two sides, right, of what Adam experiences, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, starting with the most light and coming down to the least light, and then starting with the least light and coming to the most light. And in fact, Hanukkah, because of, because of the way our calendar works, Hanukkah is actually exactly that way, right? Hanukkah is not, um, is not exactly at the solstice, right? But it's actually, uh, because our calendar is a lunar solar calendar, right? and Rosh Chodesh is when? Rosh Chodesh is always the seventh? Day of Hanukkah? This year is weird. There's only one day. It's usually right. two days of Shodesh. This is only one day of Shodesh, right? It's really unusual. So I think it's, it's the seventh day, right? It's Shabbat. Well, it's the sixth day of Hanukkah. It's my grandfather's Oh, I'm sorry. So, so this I year is... That's why I know it so well. Yeah. So the last day... Islam, and you have the seventh day I'm sorry. That's Friday. That's right. Right. So it's exactly... So this year is Friday. It's unusual, right? It's Friday. It's usually... So anyway, so the point is Chodesh shows up toward the end of Hanukkah. So that what that means is that in terms of the solar year, right, it's around the solstice, meaning it's around the longest night of the year. But if you add into it the lunar calendar, it actually is the darkest time of the year, right? Because as you move toward Rosh Chodesh, the moon disappears, right? and then the moon reappears again right before Rosh Chodesh. So actually, when you think about Hanukkah, you are winding into, right, the lunar, the lunar month is winding down, so you, you're losing that last bit of light at night. And then, toward the end of Hanukkah, actually regaining mm-hmm. a bit of light. So, so it's actually even better than the solstice because working the moon into it, right, you're actually getting to the darkest, uh, the darkest night of the year. This year, actually, the solstice was the darkest night briefly because we had a, an eclipse, which is yeah. very unusual, right? That's yeah. one of the darkest the dark December 21st is the longest the night. Calendar. It's the longest night of the year. Right. So Hanukkah, the, so Hanukkah if, unless it happens to fall in the solstice, is not exactly the longest night. It might be right. slightly right. less longer right. than the longest right. night. What I'm saying is it's actually the darkest night when you bring the moon cycle into ah. it. Right? Oh, and, right. And, right. And, and in oh, fact, right, it's, 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 the, it's the hinge, right? It's the pivot point, right? Because the moon is winding down, disappearing, and then the middle of Hanukkah, the moon reappears, yeah. right? So you actually have within Hanukkah both the light and the light So within the eight days, you actually have both. And what I'm suggesting is that in a certain sense, that once you read this text in light, no pun intended, but in light of the Adam story, that in the Adam story, you have the eight days of, of you know, increasing darkness and then the eight days of increasing light. Here, textually, as well as actually in, in our solar lunar experience, but textually in terms of Beit and Beit Hill, you have those two eight days conflated on each other, right? So in Beit Shammai's position, uh, imagining right the light uh, decreasing, and Beit Hill's position with the light increasing, actually overlaid on each other, which I think, yeah. getting back to, I forgot your name, Aviva, Aviva. Uh, Aviva's point before, right, I think it complicates um, the whole notion of light and darkness. Right? There's something much more interwoven here about the light and the darkness. Right? You're, you're both increasing and decreasing light, both increasing and decreasing darkness at the same, at the same time. Right? It's, not, it's not just you know, one cycle and then the other. There's something much more um, complex about that. So that's just something that, that's, that strikes me, that you read that this, the eight days all of a sudden look different mm-hmm. um, when you see it this way. And, and I think it also gives a kind of a, a, a bit of a different resonance to Beit Shammai's position. I always had a huge hard time with Beit Shammai's position. In general, I actually like Beit Shammai. But you know, what does it imagine, right? Imagine if, imagine if we did Beit Shammai's practice, right? You start with eight lights, seven lights, and, and, six, six lights, and then it's one light. And then, you know, it seems so depressing, it's right? Really? What? It's, it's a downer, downer right? Yeah. Like, you want to go up, right? You can also say it's the recognition then. You don't have to be the one to, like, that the, this is how the world is, and it's a good thing. So without relying right. on your
your action. Right. Like so right. So I, I had a slight raise. I had a similar, but slightly different thought about that, which which was this. And if you go back to the, uh, a dumb story in the Bavli, right? So I, I sort of characterized it as a as a kind of a disenchantment, right? That first he has this kind of maybe childish notion of. You know, he and the world being coextensive with each other, right? If he if he sins, right? If he becomes mortal, that means the world is falling apart, and the world is going to be extinguished. And then, right, and then moving into this realization after the solstice, that no, this means hago shalom, which means the world has its trajectory. I have my trajectory, and we have nothing to do with each other. And, and what struck me is that that one way to read the um, the Hanukkah story is that it doesn't um, say that's not true. It doesn't say the world is an extension of ourselves. But what do you do in a world which has its own way uh-huh. and you have your own way? Uh-huh. And what Hanukkah says you do about it actually is um, that you do something about it, right? Not right. that, right? The world does have its own way and it's not coextensive with you, but you still actually can have impact on it. Right? You can actually do something that has, mm-hmm. that changes. You can't change the sun and the moon, but you can change something. And the way, so what I was thinking about in terms of Beit Shabbai, let's think about Beit Hillel for, uh, for a second. So I think the way we imagine Beit Hillel is, right, you light one candle, you light two candles, you light three candles, you get, and that increase of light is kind of <coughs> reflecting, right, reflecting the increase of light that we experience or that we anticipate. The Beit Shammai might be saying something different. Beit Shammai might be saying, you're, you're coming into the world this time of year, and you're moving into the very, very darkest time of year. So what you have to do in the very, very darkest time of year is put the out light. the biggest the blast of light. light. Right? That's what you need the to do. Right? You need to put out the biggest blast of light. And when you put out that biggest blast of light, the light, the world becomes a lighter place. And the world kind of takes over. Right? And as the world increases its light, your input... Right? Can that, that, that the notion that you start with eight means yeah. you start with eight because this is the darkest time. So you ah, need eight, right? In other words, that in some sense that that mm. this text may be, you know, where, whereas maybe Hillel is more the Halel Bahoda'ah, more the Pirsume Nisa, right? God, I want to, you know, recognize and, mm-hmm. and show the world your light, so I want that to be increasing. Maybe Shama is saying something different. This is the darkest time, and in the darkest time. You come out with the biggest blast of light you can do. So yeah, the world has its minhago, minhago shalom, but it's your job to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And not imagining that the world is an extension and if we're good, it's going to be good. No. Mm-hmm. If you want light in the world, you've got to make it. You've got to put light in the world. And so that's, that's a, you know, a possibility mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in Beit Shammai's position.